Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 22nd of October. Lots to get to. We have football, both the NFL and NCAA football, baseball playoffs, down to four teams, and yes, the Lightning are back on the ice. Number here, 877-448-7901. Email sports at power901.com. We'll be right back to kick off the show. Formaggio's Pizzeria, your favorite neighborhood pizzeria, serving up the best hand-tossed New York-style pizza and absolutely unbeaten Philly cheesesteak outside of New York or Philly. Let Formaggio's take care of dinner tonight with convenient online ordering at formaggio's.com or call their friendly staff at 813-689-1744. That's 813-689-1744. Formaggio's is family-owned and operated. Located at 4356 Lithia Pinecrest Road. Tell them Power 90.1 sent you and get 10% off your carryout order. Check out the full menu at formaggios.com. F-O-R-M-A-G-G-I-O-S.com. Formaggios Pizzeria. It's what's cooking for dinner. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. What a great time of the year. You have baseball in the playoffs. You have the football season full swing. And after six weeks, you have the lightning and hockey back on the ice. You have the NBA firing up right now this past week. College basketball getting ready. College football playing halfway through their season. Great time to be a sports fan. And talking about some sports right now, the all the talk this past week obviously has been about the Buccaneers down here. What's going on with them? What's up with the chemistry? Where's the leadership? Are we going to be able to right the ship? No pun intended. And you know what? I think the answer is yes. Are there some issues? That answer is yes, absolutely, as, as well. Let's talk about some of those issues. We won the first two games of the season. We beat Dallas and we beat the Saints. Then we got beat by Green Bay and Kansas City. All right, there's some four pretty good teams right there. We were two and two after that. We were able to beat Atlanta on a um, on a suspect call. We were lucky to be able to win that game. That was a 21-15 win in our favor. And then we played Pittsburgh last week. The Steelers up there in Pittsburgh. And that was pretty much the low point of the season, in my opinion. Obviously, we lost the game. Uh, but more than that, we got beat before the game even started, in my opinion. And here's why. If you look at what happened during the week, the injuries that we had during the uh, this, this last uh, couple weeks, we're going to talk about those here shortly. But the lack of leadership from the players that are supposed to be the leaders on this team, and as well as the coaching staff. I'm going to go to the top here. I'm going to start with, with Bowles. Uh, I, I am not very happy or sold on the job that he's been doing. I know he was a, a head coach of the Jets years ago and did a great job as a defensive coordinator of the Bucks. But as a head coach right now, I'm telling you, the, the, the jury's out on the kind of job that he's doing. Is he a, is he a player's coach? Yeah, I think so. I mean... Arians, if you remember, he would call out players and not be afraid to use their name when you know, he thought it was necessary. 
Bowles doesn't do that. He's uh, going to say the right things, trying to keep everything more or less in-house and deal with things that way. And either way, I don't need to have a rah-rah coach jumping up and down on the sidelines, but I don't need a Pete Carroll. But we do need someone that shows a little of emotion because there really isn't any emotion anywhere on this team. The only emotion you really saw was Tom Brady chewing out the offensive lineman during the game against Pittsburgh this past week. So we need some positive emotion on this team. It starts at the top. Bowles, I don't know what the game plan, very, very good defensive coordinator. If you look, we only only gave up three points to to Dallas, um, 10 points to the Saints. uh, So uh, 15 points against Atlanta. And when we lost last week, we only gave up 20 points. So the defense, despite some injuries, they're playing fairly well. I can't really fault the defense for the predicament that the Bucks are in right now. However, you do have people on that defensive side of the ball that aren't really playing up to their potential as well as they possibly could. So... I'm not going to name any names on the defense right now because to me, that unit is playing good enough for us to win. Because if we were able to go out there and score 30 points a game, which we should be able to because of all the offensive weapons that we have, then we would be in a different position, probably 5-1 and one at this point instead of 3-3 three and three, and very easily could have been 2-4 uh, and four after that game against Atlanta and Pittsburgh. So let's break it down. What are they doing right? Defense, I will say, is playing pretty decent. Special teams, I'll say, is playing well as well. Suckup is, is probably the MVP of the team at this point. When you have your field goal kicker as the MVP of the team, you might have an issue. And that's about where we're at right now. So... Breaking it down a little bit, starting with last week, what was going on. Everyone's talking about Brady missing the walkthrough on Saturday. He went to um, the wedding that uh, was in New York. Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, who used to sign the checks for Brady up there, got married on um, last Friday night, and Brady was invited. He went up there to the wedding. And uh, he took his, a private plane. He missed a walkthrough on Saturday morning and then took the private plane over to Pittsburgh to go ahead and meet the team there for the game on Sunday. Now, all of this would have been a moot point had they won the game. Unfortunately, they didn't win and they didn't even look good in the loss. So Brady on the offensive side of things I have not seen him smile probably since, I don't even know if he smiled in preseason. He took that 11-day absence in training camp uh, back in, I guess it was August. And I was one of the people that were saying, you know what, it doesn't really matter at that point. It's preseason, doesn't need to play in the games. He'll be back. And I thought that things would uh, come together with the offensive line at that point when he came back. Well, I was wrong on that because they really haven't due to some injuries. 
know whether you want to pull apart the offensive linemen one by one and uh, name their shortcomings and what they need to do to actually get more cohesive as a unit. We can do that. But for the most part, Brady hasn't smiled in about three months for obviously reasons on and off the field. On the field, we're talking about his performance what happened this past week with him not going to the walkthrough on Saturday? I mean, if you're the if you're the offense and you're doing a walkthrough on Saturday, the day before the game, and Blaine Gabbert is your quarterback, what kind of message is that sending the team? Should it have been something that Brady was there? Could he have gone to the wedding and then gotten in his plane and been back for practice on Saturday morning? Sure. I'm sure he could have done that. He didn't. Uh, first of all, why is Kraft even getting married on a Friday night during a football season? He invited Belichick to the wedding as well. He didn't go. Do you know why he didn't go? Because he was too busy getting his team prepared for a football game that they had the next day. On Sunday, which in fact they won, by the way, on the road. Brady, on the other hand, went to the wedding, got back, and played as though he was still at the wedding. Now, is it all his fault? No. But you know what? He is the person who is the leader on this team. So if you're the leader on the team, you need to set an example. And here's my issue with with Brady right now. His whole career, the reason why he has had such great success as an NFL quarterback in the 23 years that he's playing is because of his preparation, because of his dedication to the game, not because of his physical attributes, not because of his um you know, abilities with his arm or running the football. No, what set him apart was his ability to go out there and prepare once the season starts. It's football, football, and more football 24-7 until the season's over. And a lot of times those seasons accumulated in them winning a, a Super Bowl Hence, getting another ring. Now, this year, for reasons, you know, whether it be you know, family time issues, whatever you want to call it, his appearance on the field leaves one to wonder if his head is totally in the game 100% like it's been in the past. Watching him play, and I'm not the only one that noticed it, Ben Roethlisberger says it looks as though Brady's not even in, enjoying himself. He doesn't want to be out there when he's playing. Now, I, I, I think Brady still wants to play or else he wouldn't be because he doesn't have to play. So his legacy is at stake and he wants to go out there and do what he could always do on the field. Are his physical attributes weakening even more? At 45 years old, I'm not quite sure what he has left in the tank, but I think from watching him play that it's more uh, a mental thing than a physical thing. Mental in the fact that he doesn't know what to say to this offensive line. He doesn't know when to, how to motivate them. We need a couple good games under our belt to be able to go out there and get that spark back, get the fun back so that the team can go out there and utilize their weapons. If, if you look, um, Evans, he had four targets last week. 
There is no way ever that you should have four targets to Mike Evans when he plays a full game. That's that's unacceptable to me. I'm, I don't know if that comes from Brady audibleizing on the line, if Leftwich isn't calling the right plays, but whatever it is, it, it needs to change because, yeah, you can throw the ball to Godwin. That's fine. Brait, who, by the way, is going to be okay. He got carried off the field. He has a neck injury. Obviously, he won't be playing this week, but he does look to be on his way to a, to a full recovery. So that's a good thing. But the message that it sent the rest of the team when Brady did not show up for the walkthrough last Saturday, I think was something that needs to be addressed by him. And maybe he already has. I'm not sure. I'm not privy to their team meetings, whatever it might be. But rest assured that Tomlin, the head coach of Pittsburgh, knew that Brady was away. And of course, he told his team, hey, listen, you know what? The Bucks aren't even taking us seriously. The quarterback's not even at practice yesterday. So if you don't think that was on their... Um, in their locker room on the bulletin board, then then guess again, because I guarantee you it was. And Pittsburgh went out there. They have a lot of pride. They went out there, and they just playing beat us. So a lot of blame to go around, and it, everything's contagious. If you look at winning, that's contagious. If you look at losing, that's contagious. I think that the attitudes right now, um, everyone has to go out there and forget about two years ago when we won the Super Bowl. We do have a lot of players from that team. But you know what? We are not in the same position. No one on that team right now is is playing, uh, in my opinion, what they're capable of doing. So, again, it's still leadership. And it is Bowles. It is Leftwich. Uh, Brady's a leader on that team as well. So I, I'm holding those three guys responsible for getting this ship turned around and getting in the right direction. Can we do it this week uh, when we're playing Carolina? I, I think so. I mean, Carolina's a pretty weak team. But then again, so is Pittsburgh. So there isn't anything to take for granted. But when we go up there to Carolina tomorrow, we better have all of our ducks in a row because I can tell you this, if we go three and four, with two back-to-back losses to Pittsburgh and Carolina, then there's really going to be issues on this team and I'm not quite sure if they can recover from that. So I do want to stay positive with them. It's still early in the season. There's only six games in out of 17. I still feel as though we're going to be okay. However, things do need to change from both a uh, physical and a mental aspect, in my opinion. The number is 877-448-7901. Sports at Power901.com is the email. If you want to email me, we'll be right back to talk some more football on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at thepropertyshopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now. Back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Before we break down some of the other NFL games, 
uh, tomorrow on Monday. I want to just touch on the Bucks for a, f- a few more minutes anyway, as far as what they need to be doing to go out there and get back on the winning side of things. For some reason, this team decided before the season started that they're going to be a running football team. Well, they're last right now in the NFL and running, and they, they keep on trying to force the ball and run. Really, when you have the receivers that the Bucks have and the receiving backs out of the backfield, i.e. Fournette and White, you can become a passing team very easily. As a matter of fact, that's what they should be doing. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, we want to be a running team, go out there and try it. But in football, like any other sport, it's all about making the adjustments. So the adjustments aren't being made by the Bucks so far this year. And I think that when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, maybe some of his frustration is with the play calling. When he keeps on getting voices in his helmet saying, no, hand the ball off to Fournette left, hand the ball to Fournette up the middle, he probably gets a little bit aggravated after a while because the offensive line isn't giving them the ability to run the ball. Therefore, they need to relook at the game plan and start to pass the ball more. Yeah, will the offensive line give him protection? Well, let's find out. You know, if it's going to work, we don't know until we try it. But my take on the whole thing right now is that we need to go out there and score some points. Go to the no huddle offense and get the ball down the field quickly and score some points. And let's suck up, kick the extra point for once in a while instead of trying to get a 49-yard field goal. That might help the cause. Anyway, a couple other games this weekend that you want to talk about. How about those New York teams? Nine and three, you know, after the combined after the first 12 weeks. Well, anyway, you had um, the Saints and Cardinals played on Thursday night. The Cardinals were able to win that game. Now, as you know, um, the, uh, the person that was suspended there, DeAndre Hopkins, came back. He really had a good game. He had a six-game suspension, but he came back and um, led the team to a victory. So it was good to see that happen. You have um, Indianapolis and Tennessee playing. Um, that's a game right there. The Colts are three, two, and one. Tennessee is three and two. So it should be a pretty decent game. Uh, you know, it's it's been tough to watch Indianapolis's defense this year. Matt Ryan really hasn't come close to the expectations that were set for him when the Colts acquired him with a trade and of course he had their running back there Jonathan Taylor he's been hurt more than he's been healthy so it's really hard to see exactly what this team has but it should be a decent game and that's probably one of the, the more evenly matched games this week the Jets as we mentioned at four and two are playing Denver who is two and four of you know I think that if you look at these two teams the Jets just haven't won their last two games They've done so in a very loud fashion. So they took a close game against Miami into the fourth quarter, quarter, and they blew that one wide open, and then they held the Packers to 10 points for a 17-point win at Lambeau. So that was something that you don't see too often, and I don't think many people uh, picked them to win, let alone win by that margin. So um, the Jets are on the upward swing right there. The Giants are doing well. You have the Falcons playing Cincinnati. 
Um, there are two teams right there. We talked about the Falcons a little bit before. Cincinnati, um, you know, Burrow, that's going to be a shootout. If you liked a lot of offense, I think those uh, are the games that you should be looking at from a uh, shootout standpoint. Looking at the... Um, we talked about the Giants for a second. The NFC East, only undefeated team right now in the NFL is the Eagles. They have a bye week this week. They played Dallas, if you remember, last Monday night. Um, very highly anticipated game. Dak Prescott did not play. Uh, Cooper Rush was the one that was out there. And uh, Philly jumped out to an early lead. I think it was 17-0 at one point. And then in typical Philly fashion, they let up in the second half. Dallas came back and made it a, a close game. And Philly did hang on to win. So, so many years, the NFL, the NFC East has been called the NFC least. I think that... A 500 team, or maybe game over 500, made the or won that division last year. Not so much this year. Like I said, Philly six and all on top of that, but then you have the Giants uh, and uh, Dallas, both at uh, five and uh, five and one and, f- and four and two. So I think that if you look at what's going on right now, a lot of parity, especially in that. Um, division. We talk about the Bucks being Super Bowl contenders. I really can't even say those words right now because of the way that they have played. If you look at what's happened uh, over the last, you're only as good as your last at bat or as good as your last game. And I think right now the the Bucks really, if you look at their last game. They were anything but good. So, new week coming up. I think that we have the opportunity to turn around, get back over 500, and then go from there. Um, gonna take a quick break, come back. We're gonna talk some Major League Baseball, the playoffs, and then some football. You're in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Tired of trying to catch the big red bus? One Blood has comfortable and convenient donation centers all around the Tampa Bay area, like in Plant City at 2909 James L. Redmond Parkway, Suite Number 6. Not only are you helping others by donating blood or plasma, you can earn free gifts for your donation, like gift cards and t-shirts. Restrictions apply. Call Donation Center for current offer details. Make a difference. Call and make your appointment today. In the Plant City area, call 813-752-7638. That's 813-752-7638. Now, now. back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Talking some fall classic. Now, you go from 30 teams when the season started back in April, down to 12 for the playoffs, and now we're down to four. So you have the Astros and the Yankees going head-to-head for the American League Championship Series title, and you have the Phillies and the Padres batting it out for the National League champions. Uh, it's, it's interesting when you look at the teams that are left, those four teams that I just mentioned, where do you think they fall in the um, total salary payroll for the year 2022? Well, let me start with the Rays, first of all, who aren't there. We had $78 million payroll to start the season. The highest ever in Ray's um, history, by the way, but that got us to the playoffs. Now we're able to get that sixth spot in there, and um, you know, as you know, the rest wasn't so good after that once we got in there. But the four teams that are left, they're not the number one or number two teams, by the way, for salary. 
uh, those would go to the Dodgers and Mets. Dodgers at uh, 265 million. That's as compared to 78 million for the race. The Mets at 261 million. But the four that are left, they're three, four, and five. Yankees, 251. Phils at 242 million. San Diego at 220 million. So you see how that works. You have to have the players to be able to end up in the final four, final two, if you will, for the. Uh, Major League Series, the the trophy, and the Astros are eight, so <laughs> 182 million. What I'm trying to say is that the Rays right now need to go out there and make a decision one way or the other. Are you happy with going out there and just trying to make the playoffs each year with the 22nd or 23rd? Um, salary in the major leagues or do you take that next step go out there and pay for some bats and go out there and then try to be up there with the big boys when it's all said and done because when you look at everything we have a very good pitching staff and a lot of that is from our farm teams Um, hitters don't come up as often as the pitchers do so we need to go out there and spend some money on people to go out there and get some hits and if you do that then you're up in that upper echelon of teams at least in the top eight like I said the Yankees are third Phillies fourth San Diego fifth Houston's eighth out of the four remaining teams so they have to make a decision whether they want to go out there and just try to make the playoffs or go out there and compete for the chip And if they want to go out there and try to win a championship, then they need to go out there and do those things and spend some money. Do I think that will happen? No, I I don't. I I think that they're going to be content to go out there and uh, see what they can do with the stadium, see if they can get Pinellas County or Hillsborough County to go out there and and pay for the majority of it, which isn't going to happen. A lot of ballplayers, a lot of hitters, don't want to come to Tropicana Field because of the way it's set up. It's not a good hitter's ballpark from what they say in the major leagues, talking to players, talking to scouts. On the other hand, if you're a pitcher, that's a different story because it's it really is a pretty good pitcher's ballpark with all the nuances there. So that's something uh, that may detract the Rays from picking up some Um, big names from the offensive side of things, but that's what they need to do. The four teams that are left, you do have, like I said, the Yankees and Houston. Uh, Right now, that series going into the weekend, it's 2-0 Houston. They travel back to New York now for three games. New York had to play a game on uh, Tuesday night because of a rain out up there, so they didn't get uh, much of a rest, if any, probably on the flight to Houston for those first two games. Um, it, it was amazing to me that the fans in New York were booing Aaron Judge at the plate because he was in a little bit of a slump. The guy hits, what, 60, 63 home runs this year, and uh, you know they're booing him at the plate because he <laughs> in a couple games slump. That's amazing. A- anyway, They'll be trying to uh, even out the series. Like I said, three games this weekend in New York. And the other side, you have the Phillies and the Padres. Now, both these teams, uh, the Phillies were the sixth seed uh, in the National League. Padres, I believe, were the uh, fifth seed. So uh, both of these have come up from uh, surprising series wins. 
and uh, East Coast West Coast matchup. The Phillies uh, behind Bryce Harper and Rio Muto and Castellanos. They uh, they've done good from the offensive side of the plate. They're coming alive at the right time. Some great pitching there with Zach Wheeler, and of course, uh, interesting matchup is uh, Aaron Nola. Is the starting pitcher for the Phillies playing against his brother Austin Nola, who's the starting catcher for San Diego. So if you're the Nola brothers' uh, parents, who are you rooting for? That's a tough one, I'm sure, but that's a fun series to watch. And I'd like to know who you think will be the final two teams when all the dust settles. 877-448-7901. Or you can go to sports at power901.com. Let me know. Did you see the shot that uh, Kyle Schwarber had for the Phillies the other night? 488 feet, upper deck of uh, Petco Stadium there in San Diego. That thing came off the bat like a rocket. So uh, it was only good for one run, but nonetheless, uh, that series is tied. Going into the weekend at one game apiece. They're going to be in Philly for games uh, three, four, and five. Uh, always interesting when they're playing there. We'll see what happens. So, love to hear your thoughts. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Powered 90.1. Ten Star Tree and Landscaping is on the air reminding Americans to stand tall and show support to the brave and honorable men and women of our U.S. military. Their tireless efforts each and every day should never go unnoticed. This proud salute is brought to you by Ten Star Tree and Landscaping. For the very best in residential and commercial tree service and landscaping, call Ten Star Tree and Landscaping today and mention this ad for 20% off at 813-680-9139. 813-680-9139. That's Ten Star Tree and Landscaping. They're professionals who care. Now. Back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, college football fans. What great couple games we had last week. Alabama got knocked off by Tennessee. Uh, Great TCU game there. USC and Utah. Well, now we're about halfway through the season. Maybe, you know, on the other side of halfway. But uh, week eight of the season... There's uh, several top 25 teams are not playing this week, but there's still some uh, good matchups, probably at least a half a dozen head-to-head matchups between some uh, ranked schools. So one of them that I think is worth watching this weekend is Syracuse at Clemson. Coming into this game, Clemson is uh, ranked number five. Syracuse, surprisingly, at number 14. Um, Believe it or not, this game's going to decide first place in the ACC Atlantic Division. Uh, 6-0 start is Syracuse's best since 1987. Um, They're in for a tough game, no doubt. At Clemson, it's always tough playing the Tigers up there. And I think that if you look at this game, it's going to be a pretty uh, high-scoring game, I think. Probably pretty fun to watch. Second one I think worth looking at is going to be number 7, Ole Miss at LSU. This one's going to probably be the most competitive game in the SEC this weekend. Old Miss is 7-0 for the second time since 1962. That was by, by the way, they won the national championship that season. Um, so I think that LSU right now, they're not playing that well, but you know, you never 
look down at LSU, especially when they're at home. I think that uh, in a division game like this, it's going to be a showcase game for them. That's a 3.30 game. Definitely worth catching that one if you can. Texas is at Oklahoma State. Uh, number 20, Texas, at number 11, Oklahoma State. A, a couple, a pair of Big 12 rivals trying to stay in chase for the spot in the conference championship. And I think that Texas has won three straight, and they look a little bit better right now with Quinn Ewers in there as a quarterback uh, with Bijan Robinson. So I think that if you remember last week, OSU is coming off that double overtime loss at TCU that we mentioned a few minutes ago. And this is a, a, a crucial matchup for both these teams. That's a 3.30 game as well if you uh, want to tune in and see that one. Another game that I think is intriguing is uh, UCLA and Oregon. Both these teams are in the top 10. Oregon is number 10 and UCLA is number 9. Um These two teams, when you get out there in that um, Pac-12, some of these games, they go over 100 yards, five of the last six games. We're talking about Zach Charbonneau out there. Uh, He's leading 123 points per game with Oregon since uh, that Georgia debacle earlier in the season. The winner moves into number one spot in the Pac-12, and this is one that I think that is a huge game, probably bigger for UCLA at this point, and that's going to be a good one to watch. And then uh, one of the other ones I think would be Kansas State at number eight TCU. Uh, both these teams are, are yet to lose, and I think that TCU is uh, coming in as the league's last undefeated team overall. So uh, Kansas State has not lost against the conference foe. Uh, they have lost, but not uh, TCU. So I think the TCU, if you watch them play, they can move the ball equally well in the air on the ground, and they're college football's third-ranked total offense and scoring unit and I think that it's going to be an exciting game up and down the field. I look for TCU to go ahead and uh, win that one. You do have Iowa at Ohio State. Ohio State is ranked number two uh, in the AP. Uh, Iowa, as you know, a very tough defense. So that should be something that I believe Ohio State should come away with the W in that one, as well as Penn State, who's playing at home in a whiteout against Minnesota. That's a 7.30 game. And I think that... um, Minnesota's already lost, I believe, to Illinois and Purdue. Um, Penn State's fighting for its own life after uh, getting crushed by Michigan last week. So it should be interesting. And there's one more, I think, Mississippi State and Alabama. As you know, Alabama got beat by Tennessee in that great game last week. Um, And I think that MSU snapped a three-game win streak last week. And uh, they do have the firepower, I think, to to test Alabama secondary, and that should be a pretty close game as well. So they're the college games for the week, guys. I think it's going to be another great weekend of sports. As you know, the Lightning are back in play now. A couple games this week already. It's too early to really dissect anything with them. I will say that Stamkos is playing um Unbelievable, even by Stamco standards. The record, the record will take care of itself the further on that we go. Defense needs to uh, get used to playing with each other. We had some huge losses in the offseason to uh, compensate for, but I'm sure we will. 
Anyway, thanks for listening. The show is growing each and every week thanks to you. Please email me your questions or feedback at sportsatpower901.com. Enjoy the weekend. The nice weather has been here for the couple of days this week. Hopefully it stays a few more. As always, stay vigilant, stay safe, and above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Have a great weekend.